Welcome to First Fleet 10-4. We want to welcome everybody back to a, yet another episode of the First Fleet 10-4 podcast. Uh, we're enjoying doing these, and we're, we're, we're doing our best to try to get out uh, at least one of these a week on our regular episodes, and I uh, really appreciate all the downloads and those that are continuing to listen, and we've had some callers uh, and so have some call-ins, and we appreciate those as well, and we continue want to, to encourage you to do those. Uh, today, we are going to do another safety uh, episode. Um, in light of the, the COVID uh, situation that's come out, we're usually getting planned for uh, John's uh, safety uh, fall safety events and the, tra- the training. Um, but it looks like this year we're going to be struggling to get those out, aren't we? Yes, with with everything going on, you're just not sure what's going to be happening. And we could plan it, but by the time it rolls around to be you know out and about in the field doing them, things might change. So we'll just have to wait and see you know how things goes we might be doing a lot of podcasts between now and then yeah and if you didn't recognize that voice i did not introduce uh, john cole who's our uh, director of safety he's with us again today and again my name is mark mcknight and i appreciate you you sticking with us um today what we want to cover is uh something that kind of came up this last week um um, whenever we go through our prior week, uh, John goes through and, and looks exactly and sees what happened in the prior week. And, and for the week ending July 26, uh, we, had to re- we reported five DOT accidents, and those five were all hit by other vehicles. And you hear that and you're like, well, okay, well, I was hit, you know, we were hit by somebody else. What can we do about that? And so we started talking about it, and there's, there's lots of different opportunities where we can, you know, take charge of those kinds of things. And, you know, I started looking back at it. And again, I, I kind of ran a report last night uh, through, you know, for our accidents through July 30th of ni- of 2020. And just, you know, how many times that we've been hit by other vehicle, just under 200 times, 200 accidents we've had recorded uh, where we've been hit by another vehicle. And out of that 196, 48 of those were DOT recordable, which of course, as you know, John, that goes on our crash basic. You know, he covered he covered the CSA last week, and that that part goes on there. Um, as far as dollars wise, that's over. It's, we've had over five hundred sixty six thousand dollars just in those uh, accidents, and and that's just eighty nine of the hundred ninety six that have dollars already on those. We don't know exactly what others may may come up with those as well, but that's you know over half a million dollars just in the first seven months uh, that we've been you know for this two thousand twenty. Hit, hit by the vehicle is the third most frequent type of accident monetarily wise and it's you know the only thing more than that would be rollovers and left road accidents mm-hmm. so that's that's a lot of money that's going because other people have hit us and and you might think well that's that's not too bad because it's somebody else's fault and you know so they've got to pay for it well not necessarily you know, a lot of people out on the road, either they don't have insurance or they don't have enough coverage to actually pay for the damages that they've caused. So First Fleet's self-insured, and we basically have to repair a lot of our damages caused by other vehicles mm-hmm. when they when they come in contact with us. Yeah, so, you know... When we started talking about that, you know, you know, your teams got together and, you know, and started talking about, okay, what, what opportunities do we have to kind of help our team out on the, out on the road to be able to overcome 
you know, those obstacles and everything that, that they're having to face every day and, and kind of restrict how, how limited can we be and how well I should say, how, what opportunities do we have to limit those number of, uh, of being hit by other vehicle. And, uh, I know that later that day after we started talking to me, uh, you, you brought something to my office and it definitely brought back some memories <laughs> from, uh, 20 plus years ago. So, uh, it's, it's a very important topic that's still relevant today, even though it was over 20 years ago that this topic started. And, uh, we want John to kind of go through a lot of what, uh, some training opportunities that we have and just some good reminders for everybody, whether you're a commercial driver or you're a four-wheel driver on the road, uh, but in this case, we're looking for, you know, how can we protect our drivers and our teams that are on the road? Back when we started the driver trainer meetings, um, the insurance carrier that we had at the time, um, they introduced us to a, it was their own, kind of similar to the Smith system, um, to help drivers become better drivers and reduce accidents and injuries and, and fatalities. And it was called decision driving. And we still use that a lot in our training even today. Um, so with the decision driving system, there's five steps um, that you use. And the first one is expand our look ahead capacity, which is you know, keeping your eyes up and looking out at least 12 seconds down the road when possible, and that gives you a little quicker insight on what might be going on ahead of you. Um, you know, if you see brake lights coming on, you know you've got to start watching what's going on. Um, the second one is size up the whole scene, and that's basically talking to you about, you know, watch not only what's going on in front of you, but what's going on on each side of you and what's going on behind you. And then the next one is signal your intentions early. And uh, basically, you know, I'm a fanatic about using my turn signals, even pulling out of a parking lot, because you have to let those behind you know what your intentions are so they can adjust uh, and not try to get beside you because they might think you're turning left when you're actually turning right. And uh, so that's why it's important to use your, your turn signals. And the next one is plan an escape route. And um, that's always important um, when, like you're on the interstate, if you're in the right lane, something goes on, you've still got a lane usually to the right of you called the emergency breakdown lane that you can move to if you have mm -hmm. to. Uh, if you're in the middle lane, that kind of limits your options. You can go to the left or right if you have to, but you've got to be paying attention as to what's in those lanes, you know, consistently so if something does happen you've got a place to go and a lot of drivers you know I've seen it happen they're just kicked back and they're daydreaming or they're thinking about what they're going to be doing tomorrow or whatever and they're not really paying attention to what's going on on either side of their vehicle and with the uh, decision driving um, uh, system you know they they say that you should try to check your mirrors at least every eight seconds just do a scan and kind of include your gauges and whatnot. And that way, not only does that keep you abreast as to what's on either side of your vehicle, um, it also helps you stay awake because you're not just sitting there looking straight ahead and getting into that highway hypnosis, so to speak, state of mind. Mm -hmm. And then the last one they've got, <clears throat> excuse me, is take decisive action. And that basically means that if you see that you need to do something, do it. You know, once you're clear to make a lane change, do it. 
don't wait thinking that it might get better because it might not. It might get worse, and then by that time, your escape route is gone. There's another vehicle pulled in beside you, and you have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important that we take the uh, decisive action when we need to do it. John, thanks for going so much for going through that. And, uh, again, it, it, it's when you read it, it kind of sounds like something basic. But I know that even when you get used to doing something, you kind of get accustomed to it and you kind of get um, when complacent. You do, complacent. Thank you. <laughs> when you do something repetitively, you get very, it can be, it has a tendency to, we get complacent with, with doing what we're doing. And, uh, and these days, um, as a commercial driver, it's, there's not almost not enough time to get complacent. And so the things that the items that you're bringing up are, are very important and, and kind of go back to what you had said, you know, it was back in the late nineties when this was first brought to us, um, back when there were a whole lot less distractions, uh, on the road. And, um, I kind of went back and, and just kind of looked at and see exactly, okay, how many more vehicles are on the road than there used to be? Uh, back in 1997, there were just over 211 million vehicles on the road. Uh, as of the end of 2019, it's just at 280 million. Shoot. So 32% more vehicles on the road than there were when we when this was just first brought to us. So obviously the infrastructure has, has changed. Well, the, probably the infrastructure hasn't changed, but the number of vehicles in that infrastructure has continued to grow. So, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot more opportunities out there for us to be able to be more aware of, of what we're doing when we're on the road. And just kind of, just kind of for, for numbers, the population for the U.S. over that 20-year period, it's only gone up 18%. So the number of vehicles has grown over and above what the population ha- has. And I think, I think it's about the way numbers kind of ran out, about 86% of the population is driving a vehicle. Wow. That's a lot of people on the road. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a whole lot more for our team to be able to be more aware of, uh, of the distractions that are out there on the road. And uh, I mean, really, what do you see is probably the most distraction that we're, we're having to face as a commercial driver with the other vehicles? Uh, personally, I think the biggest distraction for our drivers is other vehicle drivers having a cell phone mm-hmm. in their hand, either making phone calls, you know, dialing the phone, watching YouTube, watching Facebook, you know, interacting with Facebook, just doing stuff they shouldn't be doing on the road with a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, we didn't have that luxury, you know. Uh, if you want to call it that, you know, cell phones were unheard of back then. But uh, now everybody's got a cell phone. And if you walk out of the house without your cell phone in your pocket, you'll turn around and go back home and get it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> everybody's got to have their cell phone. And, um, and, and I've got an eight-mile drive to and from work every day. And it, it is amazing how many people you see that have their phone up like it's no big deal, even though it's against the law to have it in your hand while you're driving even a car, you know. So so that's one of the biggest things I think is a problem for us. And um, there's, a, there's a few ways you can always tell when someone's paying more attention to their cell phone than they're driving. And some of those telltale signs are they're weaving in their lane. You see somebody weaving, you know, it's either they've got their cell phone fiddling with it or they're drunk you know most likely it's because they've got a cell, cell phone, phone in their hand mm-hmm. 
or they're driving and they're looking down and then back up and they look back down and back up they've got the cell phone in their hand um they're not moving when the traffic light changes they just sit there and somebody has to tap a horn to get them to go on and um at night the inside of the vehicle is oftentimes lit up you know from the screen on the phone and a lot of times they'll try to dim it down enough to where it's not real obvious but you can't get it too dim because if you do you couldn't see it you know so um that's another little little tip to kind of use to watch out for people um they're driving down the road and all of a sudden they're slamming on their brakes when they get too close to somebody and that's because they're not paying attention they're paying attention to their cell phone so basically they've just had a hard break to keep from hitting somebody because they're not watching the road um they're also traveling considerably slower than everybody else around them um, and even a lot of times they'll do that in the left lane. If they're on the interstate, they do that so they don't have to wor wor worry about people getting on and off the interstate, you know. Or if they're in town, they'll do, be in the left lane if it's a multi-lane highway. So they don't have to worry about people stopping to make a turn or people pulling out from a parking lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you can be in a 40-mile-an-hour speed limit, and they're doing 30. And you can get up beside of them, and they're on their phone. But they keep that space cushion between them and the vehicle in front of them just in case traffic slows, they don't wind up rear-ending somebody. Um, the other thing I'll say, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine, is I can always tell is when I, I travel the interstate quite a bit, and it's like you're playing leapfrog. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a cruise guy, so I figure if the automaker's got cruise on the car, then I'm going to use it. So I, I get on the interstate, I put it on cruise, and I'm ready to go. And you got somebody who comes by and they come flying by. It's like, that's fine. Okay. Well, the next thing you know, you're two minutes later, you're creeping up on them because they're still in that left-hand lane mm -hmm. and you're kind of going to go over. And it really makes me irritated. And sometimes if I'm on a long trip and my wife and she'll hear me and I'll just kind of grunt and she'll, she'll look over and she go, is somebody else not playing nice on the road? And I'm like, well, they just, if they just pay attention, <laughs> but you can tell that they're, they're not. And then like you said, they're sitting in that left-hand lane. And mm -hmm. I always tell my kids, do not drive in the left-hand lane. It is made for passing, or if you need to plan ahead to make a left-hand turn. That's right. Do not sit in that left-hand lane. Right. But that's a good point on that one. You, you'll see. And I really didn't realize that they're sitting in that left-hand lane, so they don't have, they don't have to worry about the, the traffic coming mm -hmm. in and out. That's right. And, and a lot dangerous. of states now are cracking down on that. You know, Tennessee started cracking down on drivers staying in the left lane without passing. And if there's a trooper out there, he'll pull you over and cite you for, for being in a left-hand lane. You know, stay to the right except to pass, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, well, I know that our our drivers are all over the different types of highways and roads throughout the day. I know that uh, I always get a chance to pass on the opposite side of the road, you know, coming my way, uh, at least seven or eight trucks of ours every morning coming to work. So it's always a good feeling to know that, uh, to, see, uh, to see our guys on the road. Um, but they also travel throughout cities or wherever they might be. And I was curious as far as, you know, when we're looking at for us to really, I mean, we're always need to be present in what we're doing, but are there specific times or areas where we are having a lot more frequency of being hit by other vehicles, you know, that we need to kind of make sure that, okay, I mean, I'm getting in myself into this situation. I really need to make sure I'm very present and what, and driving. Most most of our hit by other vehicle accidents are within you know metropolitan areas where there's a lot of traffic. Um, um, happens a lot of times during the morning hours when people are going to work. 
you know, they've got a lot on their mind. Um, they're doing things in the car they shouldn't be doing, you know, eating, drinking, putting makeup on, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and so, you know, they kind of focus their attention on something other than driving and they'll bump into us or say we're making a turn to go into a store and, and they will not be paying real close attention and we're in the middle of our turn by the time they realize that they're too close to get stopped and they'll wind up hitting the side of our trailer because they'll it's just natural to jerk to the right to get away from something that's in front of you and um, when that happens you know they'll hit the side of our trailer um, you know that's that's why we want to do certain things and I'm kind of going to go into that just give some tips out as how we can kind of do things that would maybe get the other driver's attention to so we can minimize these hit by other vehicle type accidents yeah we'd like to see those, those numbers be able to go down yeah, for us to be in control of that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um here here's a few tips that we can do um our drivers need to be sure that they're paying attention and are not on their phone you know you know yeah the other guy might be on his phone but we got to be sure we're not on our phone too and even hands-free, you're not at 100%. And you'll let things slip by you that normally wouldn't if you're on the phone talking with somebody, even on a hands-free device. So it's best to leave the phone alone while you're driving. There's plenty of time that you can uh, call somebody if you need to when you're stopped. Uh, but it just makes for a safer drive if you're paying close attention to what's going on around you. Um, don't drive fatigued. You know That way we're on top of our game. And we're watching for other vehicles to do something they shouldn't, and and hopefully we can minimize our chances of an accident that way. Uh, we need to keep our distance from other vehicles. Like Jim Scarry used to say, don't ride in the pack of other vehicles. You know, sometimes all you have to do is back out of it just for five, ten seconds. Everybody gets past you, and you're back there watching everybody else play bumper car. Mm -hmm. You know, and that makes it a lot better. Um, and you've got to expect the unexpected. You've got to be able to realize that, you know, we're the professional drivers, but those other people in the cars, they're, they're not professional drivers. If they, if they drive 10 to 12,000 miles a year, that'll be surprising for the most part. You know, and we're driving 2,500 miles to 3,000 miles a week, you know. So we've got to watch, you know, the other vehicles on the road to make sure that, we try to stay out of harm's way with some of the things that they do. And um, also we need to continuously have an escape route should other drivers mess up. And uh, that will help us a lot right there. And like I said earlier, going to the shoulder of the road, knowing what's beside you all the time, you know, just checking your mirrors often will help you with that. Um, another thing that helps drivers is being able to read the traffic and uh, if you can do that, that's one of your best assets right there. If, if, if you get to watching what's going on with traffic, um, you know, you can minimize a lot of uh, risk as far as other vehicles making contact with you. Um, you can do that by keeping a good look ahead capacity. You know, you see the brake lights come on, you start slowing down. You know, you see something going on up there, smoke, you know, where somebody's locking their tires up or whatever, you know, you can... You can um, start slowing down, and that'll that'll help prevent you know you winding up right in the middle of something you don't want to be into. 
And um, uh, if the traffic's slowing or stopping ahead of you, turn on your emergency flashers. You know, tap your brake lights. That gets the vehicles behind you's attention. So, because sometimes it's kind of hard to see around a big truck, especially if they're a little too close. And if you go to tapping your brakes and turning on your emergency flashers, then that'll get people's attention behind you, and that'll risk that'll that'll reduce the risk of somebody rear-ending us. Um, and then um, uh, leave enough space and distance between you and the vehicles in front of you. So if something does happen really quick and you have to slow down, you don't have to slow down as quickly, and that'll minimize somebody rear-ending you. And um, you got to watch what others are doing on both sides of you and behind you. Uh, you got to watch drivers that are speeding, especially when it's raining or if it's snowing or, you know, bad road conditions or whatever. And um, if you're making a right turn, you got to make sure you're blocking that right lane. And then if somebody does try to still come around you, you know, we've had drivers that will climb up on the sidewalk and try to get around you. I don't know why they won't in a store parking lot that bad, but, but it's happened. And I think a lot of it is it's not necessarily they want to get around you to get in the parking lot. It's they're not paying attention. And they drive right up on you doing 45 miles an hour, and you're making a turn doing 15 miles an hour into the parking lot. they got cars to the left of them. Where are they going to go? they got to go to the sidewalk, you know. And uh, so, so by watching what's going on, if somebody does try to come around you, just stop. Stop. Let them hit you. You know, and and or by the time, you know, they get to you, they've gotten stopped enough to where they don't hit you, you know, and um, uh, make sure you're using your turn signals all the time. Uh, Use them even when you're turning out of a parking lot. I've seen situations where drivers, they can't stay to the right as far as they would want to because of, you know, maybe a concrete island with a sign in the road or whatever, and they can't make that turn. So they have to be over towards the center of the drive a little bit to be able to make the turn, but they don't use their turn signal. So the car that's behind them that's coming out of the parking lot with them, they see our truck move to the left a little, and they think they're going to turn left, but we're not. We're setting up to make that right turn, and if we're not watching our mirrors and we're not using our turn signals to let them know what we're doing, that's a recipe for for an accident right yeah. there. And, and you'll see people there; they feel like there's such a hurry. I'll see a driver doing that, and after twenty something years of, of working here, I realize that that's what that truck is doing. Mm-hmm. But the general population has no idea, and they're saying, "I can get in here." And and I've seen way too many instances where they they're going to get stuck. Both of them get stuck until one mm-hmm. of them has to give. Oh yeah, and and yeah. and yeah. people just don't understand. I, I saw one the other day, um, a driver was turning into a business here in Murfreesboro, and there was a car right at the exit, and he couldn't get in until that car moved. Well, as soon as it moved, another one pulled up and took its place. (laughs) And he was backing up traffic behind him. I bet there were 15 cars behind him, me being one of them. And I'm sitting there thinking, come on, people, just be still and let him get in the parking lot. But finally, one of them that had pulled up there saw what was going on, and they backed up to let the driver in, you know. That way it didn't take him 10 seconds to get in the parking lot and get off the road, mm-hmm. you know. So there's things that, that you know, some cars know what's going on, and but most don't. Mm-hmm. No. You know, they don't. And um, also scan your mirrors every eight seconds. 
and especially during turns just to make sure that that everything is like it should look when you're making those turns and at an intersection don't enter that intersection when the light turns green don't be the first one in it you know it's always best to be a a witness to an accident than a participant so if it's a four-lane highway count to two or three before you start into the intersection make sure everybody stops you know and if somebody doesn't that guy that nails it when the light turns green he's the one that's going to be involved in an accident you're not you know and um and you know we want to make sure that that you know we're not going to be hit by the cross traffic you know and 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 we need to take that into consideration too when we're driving you know intersections are dangerous you know we want to make sure that we stop at all lights we don't want to you know run the yellow so to speak and and we definitely don't want to pull into the intersection um because you know how a lot of people will do when the light's green and there's a lot of traffic people will ease out into the intersection and then when the light turns red for for you they'll the other people will have a red and then they'll go ahead and make their turn you don't need to do that especially in a big truck that's against the law really hmm. and uh and uh, so intersections can be pretty bad. Uh, people don't pay attention. They look up and see a green light. They mash on it. Don't if you're in a left turn lane and you've got a, a a green arrow. When it turns yellow, you need to stop if you've not made it up to the line. Don't try to beat a yellow on a left turn because nine times out of ten you will not make it, and you'll either block traffic coming the opposite direction, or somebody will just see the green light and keep keep going they'll run into you and I, I i try to drive other people's vehicles and 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 meaning i drive knowing where they are wanting to eventually go even if they don't know where they want to go you're trying to plan for them yes <laughs> by yes. watching and seeing what yes. they're doing you you can and i know everybody that's listening to this has been in a situation where they're going down the interstate and there's been a car in the middle lane or even in the left lane that's been there for five miles you know they're not really in a big hurry and they've just been floating along then all of a sudden they speed up and get right in front of you and they're only an eighth of a mile from an exit what are they going to do they're going to get off at that exit most likely mm-hmm. so you've got to to plan ahead for other people's uh, driving foopaws so to speak um after numerous decades of driving you can actually read the traffic and usually know what other drivers are going to be doing, you know, before they actually know, except for drunks and people on cell phones, and then you just want to stay away from them as far as you can, you know. But but that will help you reduce the, the chances of being involved in a hit-by-other-vehicle type accident is just by paying attention to traffic, you know, and reading traffic and, and understanding. And, and over time, many drivers will, will verify this. You'll get to the point where you can kind of – you know, predict what other traffic or you can actually predict what other vehicles are going to do, you know, in the long run. You might lose a few seconds here and there when driving defensively, but that far outweighs the hours that you would lose dealing with an accident and even one that's not your fault. Yeah. Okay. The whole goal is to definitely to keep moving. Uh, and you may have kept making a lot of references just on that, those, those points right there as far as that comes with more training, that comes with more experience. Um, again, even before we started talking, you mentioned the, the fact that once somebody turns 16, 
they get that card in their hand and that's the last training they really ever get. Absolutely. And uh, it, it would be worthwhile for um, someone who had a driver's license, a personal driver's license to be able to be subject to more training uh, mm-hmm. as they continue to get older. Um, I know my kids have heard it over time and and that's due to the fact of just me being aware of what we do here mm-hmm. and uh, of what can happen so yeah they've they've heard it from me as far as what they need to be doing and a lot of that i've learned from your team uh because i'm out i'm out with with uh with the safety team and, and being able to grab hold of a lot of this information so it's very good for anybody to hear everything that you presented has been mm-hmm. has been excellent and i know you mentioned reference to the uh, the smith system earlier and how a lot of this correlates with it. Uh, I know uh, I've been out with uh, with Lloyd Hatcher at, at his meetings and a, a few of the others and just kind of th- this, th- again, how that correlates, you know, the five rules, the Smith system. Uh, first rule is to aim high in steering, to be able to look out ahead. Um, get uh, the big picture, be aware of your surroundings at all times, keep your eyes moving, uh, leave yourself an out and uh, make sure they see you. Mm-hmm. So all Absolutely. those correlate to the same. So. Um, it's it's same message throughout, and so the I, goal is to keep everybody safe. Right, and 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 I don't know how many times I've had my daughters say, "Boy, Dad, I'm sure I'm glad I listened to you when you told me those driving points back in the years ago." Because if I hadn't have, I'd have had an accident today. You know, it, you, you train them up right, you know, and they're going to remember it. Oh yeah, my oldest heard it from me last week. I told him, I said. I don't think you're driving as defensively as I would like for you to drive. <laughs> he didn't have any comment, but he backed off. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So, John, I appreciate you doing this. And, again, we'll have a whole lot more as we go through. And But this is so timely that it's something that we just we definitely need to address. And appreciate your experience and, and you getting the message out, as always, to everybody. All righty. Well, uh, if you have any questions on this or if you have any comments there's something you want to ask, um, please go to that uh, ask button on the podcast link on the mobile app. Uh, we want to hear from you. So please do that. And um, we look forward to hearing from you soon. And as always, stay safe and take care.